Yo, fucking intro, hit him with that theme music. Seth Gecko, a.k.a. Moody motherfucking Hank, Whiskey Sick Podcast, episode number 135, you rocking with the best, you rocking with the greatest, I'm back in your ass, back to back weeks, um, quadruple champ, just put his ass down for a nap, he's wild and you can hear him in the background, got the little monitor on here, we'll turn that down, um, little news, um, as you know, we have a second uh, probably more likely a triple champ, female triple champ, on the way, 115, 125, 135-pound champion, future champion of the, of the world. Uh, we're com- coming for Valentina's young, uh, young daughter whenever, whenever she comes around. We're coming for Amanda Nunez's young daughter. Uh, we're going to be about a year behind Amanda Nunez uh, and, and Nina Anzaroff's daughter. But we coming for you. Yes, she's on the way. We're about, man, the old lady's about to uh, uh, take a maternity leave. So we'll see how that, that works with the, uh, with the podcast. I'll get it in whenever the fuck I can get it in, if y'all remember. All the OGs remember when the Triple Champ uh, was coming. It was rough. It was rough goings, but we got it done. I came home the night he was born. I think maybe it was the night after. I can't remember. Let's say it was the night he was born. And in middle of the night... Rocked out a podcast. I'll probably do the same thing. We'll probably get a, a, a birthday podcast of the female triple champ. Her arrival. So that's happening. That's coming soon. Um, lots of shit to talk about, homies. God damn. Uh, might hit up. Actually, probably going to hit up Bautista. He's, he's swinging for the nuts now. He's pretending like he can't make it. So who knows? Um, but we got some deep shit. Deep shit to get into with... Uh, 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 not so much bro politics, a little bit of the pandemic. We got some pandemic talk uh, that we can get into. We got fight nights uh, coming up. We got UFC 263, Adesanya versus Vittori, which is actually a, uh, a rematch, if you don't know. Um, we just had... I'm high as fuck, man. I keep, <laughs> I keep misplacing my goddamn phone, man. Like, how do you replace a phone? How do you misplace a phone 
And I didn't even get up. And I did it like three times. I'm so fucking baked. We had Mayweather. We had the Mayweather versus Logan. Uh, with Logan Paul. Logan Paul fight. Um, listen, homies. I'll get into that real quick. Listen, I don't know what the fuck mother people were, were, were expecting on this. It's like people never seen Floyd Mayweather box before in their lives. Like all of a sudden he was, uh, they were making him into some kind of Mike Tyson. Homie went like a decade without finishing a fight. I think the last fight I can, I can remember him finishing was when he sucker punched homeboy. You remember when he sucker punched that dude? That was some weak ass shit. I know, homie, what was that dude's name? Uh, let me, listen, I could just type in Floyd Sucker Punch and that shit will come up. Watch. What was that cat's name? Victor Ortiz. Remember that shit? That was the last time he finished a fight. Before that, it was it was that homie. Uh, uh, what was that dude? That little English dude. Pacquiao did him up even worse. Like the fight after that. Ricky Hatton. Remember that? Ricky Hatton. That so. Floyd Mayweather, I think, finished Ricky Hatton, and then Victor Ortiz, he had the sucker punch to homie. Now, hey, listen, Victor Ortiz came in for one too many apology kisses. I get it. Came in, Floyd was saying, you already apologized six times here, catch this heat rock. But I'm just saying, I, I wouldn't have wanted to win the fight like that on some sucker punch, even a suspicion of a sucker punch. But that's neither here nor there. That's the last time he finished a goddamn fight. So I don't know how people were expecting, even if the dude's not very good, I don't expect, this dude would probably, I don't know if he cut to 190 pounds or if that was like the limit he had to make to get the sanction somehow or something like that. So if he had to cut to 190 pounds, then he was probably well over 200, at least 200 pounds, if not more, on fight night. But even if he didn't have to cut, he's still way bigger than Floyd. You saw that shit. It was like he was in there with that, uh, uh, that big ass wrestler, the giant or whatever his name is. Sorry, all you WWE fans. I don't remember those dudes. The big show, the big ticket, the big wire, whatever fuck his name was. Big show. Pretty sure it was the big show. Anyways, but you remember that when he, when he punched that dude in the face in the WWE and broke his nose and shit? He was like literally having to jump to hit Logan Paul at times. His defense was on point, uh, Floyd's. I thought, you know, his movement and, and he still has the slick, you know, way he was making. Damn. Logan, I'll say this for him, man. Listen, he went. He can always say that he went to distance with Floyd Mayweather. It's, it's not his fault Floyd didn't really. I didn't expect Floyd to knock him out. I expected exactly what I saw, except I expected a little more work out of Floyd. I knew he was going to come out uh, slow. You can't risk getting knocked out by this guy. This guy's got heavy fucking hands. If you think that this guy can't punch, you're crazy. I've been telling you about these Paul brothers. Listen, Logan isn't as good as Jake. If Jake had been in there, that's probably a different ball game. He's got better skills. Logan can't put punches together. He's a one-punch striker 100%. He can't throw a combo to save his life. Not even really a one-two. Every once in a while, I think the one or two shots that he landed was off the one-two. He kind of landed a overhand right off the side of, uh, of Floyd's head. But he really didn't land anything. He was missing. Floyd was making a miss, miss, miss. Where the criticism can come in is that he just wasn't firing back enough. Floyd's really good. Uh, his best weapon is to pull right-hand counter. The guy comes, comes forward with some punches. He slips back and then hits him with, comes back with the right hand. It was slow. And it wasn't well-timed. It was either slow or it just wasn't timed. He wasn't landing it uh, uh, clean. His punch was getting, st getting stifled before he could get it out or he was over-pursuing with it. He just couldn't find the range with it. 
uh, with that ta- with that counter. He he landed it a couple times, but he didn't land it with any real force. The the times he actually hit uh, Logan Paul was with the left hook, that lead left hook. Still still got some snap on that motherfucker. So when he wanted to, I just expected him to put some combinations together and put together some moments where he like really just outworked him and and, and just made him look stupid and then just cruise to the victory. I mean, there's no judge. You know, and that that was for a reason. He wasn't going to take a risk of getting knocked out to this motherfucker. You imagine his one loss, even though it wasn't a professional, everybody would call him 50 and 1. Motherfucker's calling him 51, 50 and 1 right now. It wasn't even a real fight. Listen, I scored it. I scored it. I gave it 5 to 3. Five rounds to 3 to Floyd. He gave up the first two rounds and probably the last round. The only things you remember, the really only good shots were landed by Floyd. And he got out of there. What did they make like twenty million dollars to do that shit? And listen, if I if I'm if I'm Logan, I ain't apologizing to you motherfuckers. He survived in there, man. Listen, Conor McGregor. Okay, Conor McGregor. Uh, uh, Logan didn't fight the same Floyd that Conor McGregor fought. First off, uh, first of all, he was forty years old, not forty four years old, and, and that was a professional fight, and his record was on the line, and possibly his last boxing match, which turns out is is going to be his last professional boxing match. So there's no way that was the same Floyd Mayweather. But still, Logan Paul still looked fresher than Conor McGregor in the eighth round. He didn't take the punishment Conor did, but Conor was done early. If you remember, after like the third, fourth round, Conor was done. And Logan had, you know, he, he was had his hands down. He was huffing and puffing, but it, he didn't look like Conor. He didn't look at nearly as gassed as Conor to me. Um, that's it for Floyd. You got to get out of it now. You got to get out of it now. Because the only other fight that you would really make with him is, is put him in there with Jake Paul, and I don't think he wants to do that. Get out of there, Floyd. Get out of there. You're making, you making the, the, the fucking money off of that. Get out of there. I, he still showed that. I, I, I enjoy watching these older fighters fight. I know I, I never thought I'd see Floyd fight again, so it was good to see him fight again. Um, and, and, and leave it be at that. Um, moving right along. What the fuck else do we got? We got UFC 263 coming up. Um... We got Adesanya versus Vittori. It's a rematch from 2018. I think it was Adesanya's second fight in the UFC. Very close fight. That shit was very close. I had a two rounds to one. The first two rounds went to Adesanya. The last round went to Vittori. If Vittori gets his, his wrestling working earlier in the fight, he, he could do exactly what Jan did to, to Adesanya. He could take him down. He's got to take him down in the middle of the cage. In that first fight, Vittori had success getting him down, but he kept taking him down against the cage, and Adesanya did a good job of, of, of using the cage to stand back up time and time again. Um, if he can get that, that fight down in the middle of the cage, away, I mean, in the middle of the octagon away from the cage, that's going to be a different story. Does Adesanya have the technique to get back to his feet? He didn't against Jan. But Jan's a, a, a fucking big-ass dude. He's bigger than Vittori is. Um, the striking was all all Adesanya, especially early in the round, first one and two. He's just too fast and too long. Vittori came out, he was... He, he couldn't get inside. He couldn't get around the jab. He couldn't get around the inside low kicks. The inside low kicks... Um, Vittori's a southpaw. So when uh, Adesanya would go to his orthodox stance and go with that inside low kick, he was disrupting all of Vittori's timing, especially in the first round, throwing him off balance, just stifling all his attacks before he could get him going. Um, you're going to have to come out with a lot of that. You know, he's going to have to stay on the outside, and he's just going to... 
Adesanya just needs to pick up his pace. He could have probably got Jan out of there if he, if he just learns how to pick up his fucking pace. He's too picky. He tries to be too precise. The only times you've really seen him uh, open up in a fight was when Kelvin, Kelvin Gastelum was right in his fucking chest and, and made him open up because he was fucking throwing bombs and, and was pushing the pace. That's not a pace that Adesanya likes to push. Um, and a little bit in, in the Bobby Knuckles and the, and the Robert Whitaker fight. Uh, Whitaker comes out. He, he fights. He gets in your face. And, and you know, if, if Vittori's not that kind of in-your-face fighter, he'll have his little flurries and stuff like that, but he, he's not long enough. He's not long enough. He's not savvy enough. He doesn't have the, the slips and the counters and, and the angling to get inside of those long strikes. It's gonna, if he gets stuck on the outside, he's just going to get picked apart. And he doesn't really look you know, strong in the fourth and fifth round. Adesanya, you don't have to worry about his cardio. So, I, I, you know, late round's going to be Adesanya. Um, can Vittori win this? I, yeah, for sure. If he gets those takedowns and he can, he can eke out the first one, two, three, two of those first three and maybe a late one with a, with a late takedown, for sure. I think he's coming in at plus 210. Hey, he might be worth a little 20-20-20. Little, little Drop a little 20-20-20 on that motherfucker. Um... One of the better odds. You got Brandon Moreno versus Davis and Figueredo, the uh, uh, rematch, two rematches, you know, to start this shit off. Um, listen, that first one, if that if that uh, point wasn't taken away from Figueredo in the third round, uh, there was an eye poke, and then Figueredo hit him with a big fucking nut shot, and they had to take a point away from, away from him because he had two big fouls. It was the right call, but if they hadn't had to take that point away, Figueredo would have won by one round. Instead, that last round, winning the last round, saved him and, and saved the draw. That fifth round, if you remember, Brandon Moreno's arm was all fucked up. He blocked a kick. When Figueredo goes southpaw, all he throws is our naked, naked body kicks. Round, naked body kicks. Heavy, heavy, heavy. He doesn't bother putting anything in front of him. He doesn't try to feint you with him. He just throws him like he's kicking pads. Hard. 100%. And Moreno was, you know, blocked one of those. And, you know, Joe during the broadcast kept saying, he broke his arm, he broke his arm. I don't know. Maybe he has x-ray vision and he, and he was able to see the break. I don't know that he, he broke his arm, but it was definitely compromised. And, and, and Brandon Moreno really couldn't do anything. It was 2-2 two, two, two basically at that point. Or, or down one maybe uh, was uh, Figueredo. Uh, the power goes to, to Figueredo. But the funny thing is, is that the only person that was hurt in that fight was Figueredo. He was hurt twice. He was visibly hurt, rocked twice on his feet. Brandon Moreno's a grimy-ass motherfucker. He's coming in at plus 185. He's definitely got a chance to win this because he, he could have won the last one. Um, he, if he wrestles a little more and tries to wear down, especially early in the fight, tries to wear down Figueredo, Figueredo comes out. He's throwing heavy 100% bombs out the gate. If, if, if Moreno can tie him up, trip him to the ground, you know, spend some time on the ground... Uh, you know, he, he could definitely win. Um, Figueredo needs to take some... He needs to come out and, and more more calm. He came out in the first one just acting like he was going to get... I think he thought... He took Brandon Moreno lightly, and he thought he was going to get him out of there quick. I mean, he was loading up on every punch, hands down at his waist. Uh, uh, no defense at all, just throwing fucking haymakers left and right. Um, his cardio actually held up, but I don't think that... He, he just got to come out a little more tactical, a little more defense. Put your punches together a little better. He could probably get Moreno out of there at some point, but Moreno's a tough ass motherfucker. I think, uh, I think it's gonna go the, I think it's gonna go the distance. But when you look at the exchanges in the last fight, 
Figueredo was a step ahead for most of the exchanges. Now, he doesn't have the greatest defense. Actually, he does, but he's lazy with his defense. He, when he wants, he can slip punches. He can counter slip. He can step off at angles. He's got some, like, boxer's footwork when he wants to, but he gets lazy, and he'll stand in front of you flat-footed, long, long stretches, multiple exchanges, um, and that's when he gets caught because he has big, wide punches. Brandon Moreno's are more tight down the center when he wants them to be. So, you know, but overall, I think he was a step ahead. Um, plus at 185, that's another good look. I'd probably take a plus 185 shot on Moreno than I would Vittori. But uh, they're, 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 bo- they're both pretty close. Leon Edwards versus Nate Diaz. Listen, I was hoping Nate would go down 155. Nick supposedly coming back. He can go in at 170. He'd be a, a, a problem for some people at 170. Let Nick go down. He'd be, I think he has much better uh, matchups at 155 than he does at 170. I've never liked Nate Diaz at 170 pounds. Um, and Leon Edwards is too fast. Uh, his last fight against Bilal Muhammad ended early in the second round because of an eye poke. But if you go back to that first round, he was he was piecing Bilal Muhammad up. Bilal Muhammad isn't a bad striker at all. Bilal Muhammad's got underrated striking. Um, and he was just too fast for Bilal. Uh, real tight technical kickboxing. Unlike uh, Davis and Figueredo, he stays within himself. You know, doesn't load up on every punch. Puts punches together, can wrestle you, can clinch with you. Good all-around fighter. The fight to make to me before Usman versus Masvidal too was Leon Edwards versus Masvidal. After, especially after that three punch, that was the 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 backstage altercation when Masvidal hit him with the three piece combo in the soda. That was Leon Edwards, if you didn't know. And so there was a beef there, but also in the stands because it just makes sense, and it's a good matchup. Um, you know, uh, Jorge has underrated underrated uh, grappling, like Connor, like Connor Connor McGregor. So you know. Uh, when Leon Edwards fought Rafael Dos Anjos, he, used his, he, he relied heavily on his wrestling. Um, that's kind of like his fallback because he's got underrated wrestling. Um, if he can't use that, you know, seeing him, at, you know, in a, in a full standout, a stand-up match, you know, that's your chance to beat him. Uh, but he's real fast. He doesn't have a great output, but he's just super technical. He's going to be too much for, for, for Nate. Even in the Pettis fight that he won, I thought Nate looked looked real slow. His hand speed just looks real slow lately. Um, and the only reason he won that is because Pettis just kept putting himself against the cage, which is exactly where Nate Diaz wanted the fight to be. And Nate just grinded him up against the cage. That's his type of fight. Listen, he can make that kind of fight with, with Leon. Leon likes to fight in the clinch too. He's sneaky in the clinch. He hits you on, with elbows on the break. Um, he, he's hitting you with knees and elbows inside from the tie clinch. I mean, he's doing some some shit. I mean, this fight could be won in the clinch by one of them. But that that's basically what Diaz's whole game plan is now. It's to fight in the clinch and try to drag somebody to the ground, you know, trip them to the ground and, and go from there. Um, Stand-up-wise, man, you know, Jorge was piecing him up real good on the feet, real good on the feet. Um, cut his face open real bad. Nate was starting to have some more success. I went back and watched this fight. He was starting to have some more success uh, late in that third round. Um, actually, for like the entirety of that third round. He was starting to land some. Uh, but, you know, uh, 
Masvidal ended that round with a flurry, but on his way back, he was starting to look tired. You know, if they had a fourth and a fifth round, the fight was stopped due to that BMF fight was stopped due to a, 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 that eye cut. There was two cuts, one above his eye, one below his eye. Um, who knows? That could have been an interesting thing. If you know, and and Leon, he gassed, I think, in the fourth round against Rafael dos Anjos. Um, so. Fourth and fifth round, if, if, if Nate Diaz can get it there, it's going to be tough to get it there. I just see him taking some shots he just doesn't see coming. He's just not reacting well to him. I don't think he has the hand speed to be able to counter as well. If he can find a way to get it to the ground, you know, I don't think Nate, I don't think Leon wants to even risk being in Nate, Nate Diaz's guard. It's just not a risk you need to take when you when you have a, a, an advantage on the feet like Leon Edwards does. I'm going to give, I'm going to give, this is a five-round fight too. This is the first ever non-title fight non uh a main event five round fight so uh it's interesting I'll, I'll give nate diaz the benefit of doubt and say he gets to a decision but i'm gonna say leon edwards decision on that shit let's give you the fucking rundown now what else do we got so we got uh Bilal muhammad's also on this fighting uh demi and maya demi and maya can't get the fight on the on the mat it's it's fucking a terrible boring ass match and that's Bilal's got excellent wrestling and grappling Everybody does until they until they fight Damian Maya. Um, I'm I'm gonna say if Bilal gets out of the first round, he should be able to get out of the first round. Damian Maya is like a notorious gasser. If you've seen his two title fights, he fought uh, Anderson Silva back in the day for the middleweight fight, and then he fought um, Tyron Woodley for the welterweight title. They were probably numbers one and numbers and number two on all time wackest title fights. Boring as motherfucking shit. Uh, his fight with with uh, uh, Wonder Boy, I think I can't remember. He, he's got some serious stinkers, homies. Serious ass stinkers. Um, Fatberg, you've heard of Fatberg? <laughs> Random shit. He's got some serious. The homie was telling me about a uh, Fatberg yesterday. It just came to my mind while I was saying some serious stink. Uh, Google Fatberg. F-A-T-B-E-R-G. It has to do with your septic tank. I don't know why that reminded me of that. Um, I don't remember what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, stinkers. Damian Maya stinkers. His stand-up is just a notch above Ben Askren. He's got an overhand left. I'll give him that, but that's about it. Uh, you know, Bilal should be able to stay on the outside. He should be able to work his stand-up and should be able to almost say he gets a decision. Um... Could Damian Maya get get on top if he gets if he gets Bilal Muhammad to the ground? It's 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 like quitsand. It's a it's a fucking rap with that dude. He floats on top of you and just lets you move under him and just work your way on in, in, into to fucking work yourself into a bad position. You didn't even have to do anything. He just stays on top of you, like traps you in your own personal little 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 cell, your in your own personal hell that you can't escape. You don't want to be underneath Damian Maya. You know you don't want to be anywhere on the ground with Damian Maya. It's like playing that game Lava when you were a little kid on the jungle gym. You can't touch the ground. That's that's fighting Damian Maya. You just don't want it. I mean, it's almost automatic. He, he finished uh, Ben Askren. I went back and watched the Ben Askren versus Damian Maya fight. Actually, if you think about it, him and Jake Paul have that in common. Their last win was against both. Their last wins were against Damian Maya. I mean, against uh, Ben Askren. Um, Ben was able to take Damian Maya down like three times in that fight. His wrestling was actually really good in that fight. He just got out, out grappled when it got to the mat. And Damian Maya outlasted him. And, and what did he get him in? A, I think he choked him in a Dars or Anaconda or something. I can't remember. It was some kind of head and arm. 
I want to feel like. But uh, it, that was actually a good fight. I mean, Ben Askren's uh, stand-up still looked terrible, but he had his moments. It, it was actually an entertaining fight. I'll give him that. Um, I'm going with Bilal Muhammad on the decision on that one. Um, Fatberg, remember that shit. Uh, Craig Hill versus... Uh, Paul Craig versus uh, Jamal Hill. Uh, Jamal Hill's a bad motherfucker, dude. He, he's the future. If, uh, this is a lot like the Bilal Muhammad fight. If he can stay on his feet, Paul, Greg is, Paul Craig is a monster on the ground. Uh, he just beat... Um, he had a draw with Shogun, and then he came back on the rematch and just beat Shogun in the TKO. Made, made Shogun tap to strikes. Made Shogun tap to strikes in his last fight. It was sad. It hurt me. It hurt me down to my fucking soul seeing Shogun Hua... Tap the fucking strikes from Paul Craig. Ugh. 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 Screw face, motherfuckers. Uh, man, if Jamal Hill, he doesn't have the greatest takedown defense. He's a young buck coming up, but this dude's hands are fucking crispy. Crispy cream, homies. He catches you at the end. That that him that that's the thing that Diaz does too. Uh, Nate Diaz does really well. He catches you. He doesn't have power, but he overwhelms you with volume and he catches you at the very end of his punches. And that's where the most power is. You can make up for a lack of natural power if you if you have good, you know, you know, range, and you can consistently land your strikes at the very end of your strike. Jamal Hill and Nick Diaz, pay attention to that they're really good with their range management. And uh, I think you know if 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 especially early in the fight, Jamal Hill can stay on his feet, get back to his feet because he doesn't have great def- uh, t- uh, takedown defense. We haven't really seen him on his back at all. Coming off a big knockout of OSP, uh, give me give me Jamal Hill, give me TKO, give me round three. Run down these real quick. Drew Dober, Brad Riddell, give me Drew Dober. Eric Anders uh, versus uh, Darren Stewart, give me Eric Anders. I mean, this is a rematch, and Eric Anders was eating his ass, and then there was like an eye poke or something that ended the fight. Lauren Murphy versus Joanne Calderwood, give me Calderwood, but Murphy's a fucking dog. She, she'll be in there. She, she's, she's got that, no offense, but she's got that meth addict look. Maybe she was, and I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm sorry, but she's got that, like, grimy gutter look to her. Uh, and, and she fights like that shit, too. And I mean that as a compliment. Uh, I don't want none. I don't want no beef. Movsvar uh, Ivloyev versus uh, Hakeem Dawudu. This is going to be a fucking scrap, homies. You got basically wrestler... Uh, versus striker, but uh, Ivloev Ivloev ha- does have some good hands too. He reminds me of a Frankie Edgar mixed with a Marab Valashvili, uh, the bantamweight dude. Uh, sick wrestling, uh, really good short combination boxing like Frankie Edgar using them really well to get takedowns. He's a big favorite in this one, but Hakeem Dai would do if he. He's another one of those dudes. If he just increases his output, he could be unstoppable. His stand up is, is so technical is kickboxing so technical so fast he just doesn't throw enough but he's like five and one in the ufc he's won four in a row or five in a row i think he lost his debut and then won five in a row uh give me dawudu for the big upset give me a decision give me dawudu for the upset penny kianzed versus alexis davis give me kianzed uh frivola versus i think uh mckinley i've never seen mckinley fight maybe i have i don't remember he's just he's like a late replacement in the last couple days give me frivola uh, Eubanks versus Rosa. I don't think that's fights any longer on the card. Hooper versus Peterson. Hooper, the dweeb in the Birkenstocks, choking motherfuckers out. The worst stand-up in MMA history, possibly. Even worse than Ben Askren. He's the dude that looks like Ben Askren's a Ill- illegitimate child. Uh, 
Like somebody came in after Ben Askren at the Motel 6 and rolled around in his, his fucking nut kind of shit. Like that kind of weird like uh, Twilight Zone uh, connection between the two. They do look exactly alike. Give me, give me Chase Hooper on some random ass uh, choke. Uh, uh, let's go a Darce choke or something like that. Uh, let's go round two. Zm, uh, Forest Zm versus uh, Luigi Vendramini. Give me, it's a toss up. Give me Zm. Felipe versus Collier. Give me Felipe. Carlos Felipe versus uh, Jake Collier. Give me uh, Felipe. Give me TKO round two. ZM, uh, that, that'll be a decision. There you go. If you were paying attention last week, you're welcome. You probably, um, you know, bought yourself a ton of crypto, uh, moved out of your house. I went 10 and 2. 10 and fucking 2. 10 and fucking 2. Eight main event winning streak. Current. The golden picks have been back in 2021. Golden. We worth more. We worth more than Biddy. These picks are worth more than Biddy. They back up the U.S. dollars with my picks, motherfuckers. What I tell you about the Bakers, huh? What I tell you about the Bakers? One and done. First round exit. Vamos, vamanos, motherfuckers. Where they at? Where they at? I don't see them. Where they at? Watching the fucking Suns eat ass. Who told you the uh, Who told you the Suns would be in the finals? Before the season, I said Pelicans, Suns, in the conference finals, and I kind of hedged my bet, but I said Suns in the finals. I think, but I definitely had them in the conference finals. I I, I know I had them in the finals. Fuck it. Double talking myself out of my my, my goddamn golden ass picks. I told you about these Suns. As soon as they got Chris Paul, that's all the Pelicans were needed. If the Pelicans had got Chris Paul in the offseason, they'd be right where the Suns are. And you don't realize that Monty Williams, the coach of the Suns, was our coach. But they let him go so we could get that motherfucking uh, Jared, uh, uh, Jason Garrett-ass motherfucker uh, that we just got rid of last year. I can't even remember his name. We could have been the Suns. So I was wrong on my Pelicans this year. We were, ain't it a bitch when when all but two teams in the in in the conference make the playoffs and you one of the two that didn't? It's a bitch. So if I sound bitter, I'm bitter, but I don't give a fuck. I actually like this shit. I like, you know, we're gonna have you know Utah, new face Utah or looking like Utah, Utah versus Suns is what it's looking like. But you also have Denver in the mix. Uh, Clippers, Clippers are done. They're ass, ass man. And, Listen, Paul George ain't the dude. He ain't that dude. Kawhi fucked up. Kawhi fucked up. He either should have should have should have um, recruited somebody else, a better a better star than that shit. And get Damian Lillard over there. You got Damian Lillard over there. You winning chips. You fuck around. And let the Pelicans get Damian Lillard. Watch what happens. Go off like the that that would be like the uh, like the Warriors were a couple years. Trust me on that shit. But the main point to remember is that the Bakers got their motherfucking asses eight. Eight. Koala Station. Heels overhead. No powder. Straight, dry, diaper changed. In six. Embarrassing. Uh, AD. 
Soft. Soft. Soft as parks and recreation toilet paper, homies. Fucking uh, public restroom toilet paper. Finger slip right through that motherfucker. That's how soft. See-through. That motherfucker got the see-through thread count. I told you about about AD. When you need him most, he ain't going to be there. Oh, but what about last year, brother? We don't give a fuck about no bubble tournament championship. That ain't no fucking chip, homies. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Out of your goddamn minds. Um, what else? Let me let me let me try this dude. Let me try this dude. If not, then I'm gonna get into some to, to some um, ivermectin talk. Yes, you guys need to be. Ta- I, I'm gonna kick some motherfucking knowledge, homies. Let's see what this dude's got. Let's hit him up. This is real time. We don't stop the whiskey sick podcast, homies. Four, six, two, six. I ain't gonna give your number away, homie. I know you thought I was gonna give your motherfucking number away. He ain't answering. Batista ain't answering. If he calls while, while I'm getting deep into this shit, then, then uh, you know, I'll kick him in on this shit. But, homies, we're gonna get into some shit right now. If you haven't been paying attention, most people haven't been been paying attention, you know, what's going on in the world right now. Uh, you know, with the pandemic, with the vaccines, and all this crazy shit that's been going on, man. Uh, we, we've been talking about it, you know, a lot here. Uh, it, it's been going around. It's it's turning into just like the biggest, craziest, wildest uh, conspiracy against the people, uh, the government against the people that you, you you've ever fucking seen. I mean, it's crazy. It's so crazy. It sounds like a conspiracy theory when you're just saying the actual truth. Um, you know, if you have if you've been living under a fucking wall, uh, you know, and you're a Trump hater and you voted for Biden and all that, you know. Uh, a lot of people tried to tell you there wasn't going to be any difference. Uh, I'd hate to tell you that I'm right, but we're right. Everything Biden has, uh, you know, um, he ran on. Everything he ran on, he went back on. He didn't pass a single fucking thing. Nothing. Nothing that he ran on. He kept more fucking Donald Trump policies than he fucking got rid of. So if you haven't been paying attention and living under a fucking rock, and once again, by no means am I a Trump fan. I was the one telling y'all to don't vote for either of them motherfuckers. Uh, I told you one wasn't better than the other. We're, we're, we're being, being proven right. But more importantly, I'm going to play this shit right now. Uh, it's crazy over the last year and a half what the government has done to the fucking people. At the beginning of the year, there was the CARES Act, which was a uh, uh, like a $5 billion bailout for all the companies. All, all, every big, everything. It was a bailout for all the big companies. And, and the idea was, you know, trickle-down economics. They were going to give these, these companies uh, these breaks, these tax breaks, these uh, uh, bailouts, really, hand them fucking money. And they were going to, you know, not lay off people, uh, you know, maybe pay people uh, an emergency wage for having to uh, work in a pandemic. I forget what you call that. Uh, uh, what do they call that? It's a uh, hazardous pay. Stuff like that. That's how they justified giving these companies. They knew damn well. They still fired people. They did all the whole nine yards. So there was all of that shit. Then there comes all this shit with the vaccine and stuff. I'm going to play you something. This was in um, this was in December. This was this guy's second time talking in front, of, uh, in front of the Senate about a drug that's called ivermectin. If you haven't heard about ivermectin, here's the skinny on ivermectin. It's a drug that was created in the 70s. It was found... Uh, it, was made into use by an Asian doctor. I think he was Chinese. It grows. It's only sourced in one area in the world. It's grown in Japanese soil. That's the only place you can get it. 
uh, sourced naturally is in is in Japan in their soil. It's been around since the 70s. It's anti-parasitic. Anti um, it's literally known as one of the safest drugs in the entire world, like in the history, history of the world. There's virtually uh, no side effects and virtually no deaths. Um, can you spot a couple here and there? Yeah, but there's 50 years of trials with it, 50 years of it being used for scabies. That's a big thing. It was most recently approved to, to treat scabies. Um, I, I, what is fucking scabies? Scabies is some nasty shit. Uh, it's a parasite. It's kind of like, I want to say like uh, a ringworm if you ever had that. Scabies is a contagious, itchy skin condition caused by tiny burrowing. Might uh, spreads quickly. I don't know where the fuck you would get those. Probably in like, uh, you know, impoverished type of uh, communities, uh, countries such as that. Um, but it was recently uh, approved for infant use, to use on infants under 30, uh, 33 pounds. That's how safe this shit is. Um, early on in the pandemic, you know, countries were getting ravaged. A lot of places were getting ravaged. Even here in, in, in the United States, there were doctors that started giving out ivermectin. I don't know what led doctors to start giving out ivermectin in the first place, um, but they started having phenomenal results, nursing people back to health with it. And later as they've gone on, they realized that this, as the studies have gone on, they realized that this ivermectin attacks uh, the spike protein. The spike protein is what causes all the problems. When you have the allergic reactions to the, to the vaccine, when you actually have uh, the infection, uh, it's the spike protein that causes all the damage. That's what delivers uh, the, the, the virus to the cell. Well, and something goes on with the spike protein. I'm not a scientist when you have these uh, symptoms, but ivermectin attacks the spike protein, and you don't have that problem. It literally cures COVID. They're finding, and they've been saying this for over a year, that they're having cases where they're 99%, uh, you know, there was one study early on, I think it was in Australia, where they had, they nursed from uh, back to health fully, like 52 of 55 patients with it. Um, all over the world, you've heard about India, Africa, Mexico, they got hit hard by this virus. And part of the problem was, even when we came up with the vaccine, you have motherfuckers like Bill Gates and all these other rich motherfuckers that have the patent to this, uh, to these vaccines. They wouldn't, um, they wouldn't release the patent so other countries could use it. Third world world countries, poorer countries, they wouldn't let it. They wouldn't let that do that. They were trying. They want to make money off of those countries, basically. Um, so these these countries had to turn to emergency use ivermectin. I think India actually had the vaccine, but they ran out of it or something like that. But they had to start using ivermectin widely, and they had incredible results. Mexico just a couple days ago released their results, and they literally, they were, their, their government was saying that Mexico was on fire with COVID. And they had phenomenal results using ivermectin to not only treat it, but they found out that during these last few months that it actually prevents it. And there were doctors like the guy I'm going to play for you right now who were saying this in front of Congress as early as last May. And this guy, this was his second time in front of Senate, in front of the Senate here uh, that, that I'm going to play you. Um, and these are doctors all over the world coming together and talking about how this ivermectin and uh, it is basically saving the world. Joe Rogan mentioned it on his podcast, but here's the thing. They're censoring it. You're not even allowed to mention ivermectin on YouTube. 
It's in their community guidelines that you can't even mention ivermectin. They delete the fucking videos. So much so that people are downloading the videos as soon as they come out and then reposting them under the un, under other accounts and shit like that. So it, it's, oftentimes when you search for them, you can't find them or they're gone after a couple days. Um, this one's still up. Um, but they're literally... They shut him down. He goes in front of the Senate. The, the Democrats shut him down immediately. Don't, they're discrediting him before he even talks. And the question you got to ask yourself when you're listening to this, if they really wanted to save people, isn't that the object? Is to save people? So if you have somebody who's literally sitting here in front of you telling you that he could end, not he, this drug could end the pandemic before it even got way crazy in the summer, as early as the summer, this, you could literally end the pandemic here. He's a doctor. He talks about, uh, in other videos, talks about how, you know, people weren't allowed to vi- visit their, pa- uh, their family and friends in the hospital when they were dying. And he would have to hold up um, iPads on Zoom calls to, for people to say goodbye to their family members. And if they had just listened to him, if they had just listened to all these doctors, they could have given these people iv- ivermectin and they would have been immune. It's, it's, it's works, it works better than the vaccines. It works so much better than the vaccines that people that come down with long-haul symptoms from the, uh, from the vaccines, they treat with ivermectin. If you haven't heard of long-haulers, there's people who have long-term symptoms, are experiencing long-term symptoms as, as a, a result of these vaccines. Uh, Jimmy Dore, if you don't know who Jimmy Dore is, Google him. He's huge, uh, independent news source. He's a, he's a comedian. He has a huge show. He's been on Rogan. He was a big proponent of the vaccine. He was, he was encouraging people to get the vaccine. He got the vaccine. The second shot, the Moderna vaccine, has fucked him up for well over a month now. Uh, the symptoms come and go. Some days he feels okay. Some days he feels like shit, achy neck, achy body, uh, dizzy, kind of just deor- uh, disoriented feelings. Um, and they kind of basically di- diagnosed him as a, as a long hauler, a guy who's going to have these symptoms for long term, possibly forever. Um, but they've started giving these people ivermectin. So they're treating the symptoms that the vaccine causes because you're basically getting fucking COVID so your body can create antibodies to fight COVID. So if it gets it in the future, it knows what to do. But they're treating these people, these long haulers, with ivermectin, and they're having incredible results. So basically what could have happened is this whole thing could have been nipped in the butt from the, from, from the get-go. So you have to ask yourself, why wouldn't they want that? Aren't we supposed to be, isn't the ob, uh, objective to be able to, to save as many lives as we can and not destroy the whole world and, and try the economy, people's lives while we're doing it? This could have been, literally been handed out like the vaccine is, it could have been rolled out just like the vaccine last summer. There were people talking about this in April, May. This could have been rolled out. You could have taken this and gone about your life as normal, not only as a cure if you got it, but as a preventative measure. And they don't want that to come out. Why? In fact, during the Senate prog- uh, 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 this guy's Senate speech, the Democrats, most of them got up and walked out in the middle of his speech saying that they, they're, they're trying to say he's spreading disinformation. He had mo- The first time he went to Congress and told them this shit, they said the same thing. So he went like three months, came back four months later with even more results, spewing data, telling these people, this is the data, incredible data that I have. 
and they're still trying to discredit him. Why would they do that? If they wanted to save you, why would they do that? Because ivermectin is no longer under patent, which means it can't make any money. Think about this. All the investments, all these, all these rich motherfuckers who invest, invested in these vaccines, if you give them something that, if you have a cure for something, there's no need to have a vaccine in the first place. So these things shouldn't have even been, they wouldn't have even been created in the first place. You wouldn't have had to spend billions and billions of tax dollars on these, uh, the research for these fucking vaccines in the first place. But all these other people put all this, you know, uh, into the stocks, into, they invest so much money into it. They don't want to, they don't want you to know about ivermectin because that's taking money right out of their pocket and even more nefarious. If Trump wasn't a fucking idiot, and probably wasn't trying to benefit complete uh, uh, skeptical, you know, my own idea, me thinking, but I, I, it's my own opinion. I'm going to fucking give it to you. If he wasn't, you know, probably in on, you know, some of this money coming in from the big pharma, why wouldn't he be? If he didn't have some stake in that and he wasn't a dumb fuck, he could have got on board with this ivermectin shit, made it mandatory, passed it out as emergency use, something like that. And stop the pandemic. The Democrats' worst fucking nightmare. If he hands out ivermectin and approves it for emergency use and people start using it and having great results and fucking works, two things happen. The pandemic comes to an end and Donald Trump's the fucking hero and gets reelected. If the pandemic comes to an end, what have we seen? What did we see last year? Incredible, incredible wealth. Incredible uh, uh, record breaking profits from the biggest billionaires and, and companies in the entire world while the middle class were, businesses were destroyed by over a third. It was a big transfer in wealth over the last year. Big. They're completely trying to get rid of the middle class. Now, if you think this is just coincidence, you're out of your fucking mind. These motherfuckers figured out right away, right at the fucking beginning, that they can make the rich even richer, their donors themselves, richer and richer and give themselves more power look what they're doing with the housing market right now if you don't know it's out of control it looks good on the outside our house has jumped up incredible amounts since we've got it but the problem is if i cash out and try to go buy another house i'm gonna have to buy something that's whacker than what i have now because you have companies what's the name blackrock is a huge company huge i think it's a financial company uh they're going into neighborhoods. Remember, people couldn't work. They told you you couldn't work. You lost your job. You lost your business. You lost uh, the business that you worked for uh, had to close. You lost your job. They took away your fucking uh, uh, health care because it's connected to your job. So you lose your job. You lose your fucking health care. And they didn't give you a fucking wage or anything. They didn't give you health care during a pandemic. They didn't give you an income during the pandemic. They put you on taxpayer-funded fucking uh, unemployment, which is fucking bullshit, while the rest of the world had UBIs, universal basic incomes, up to full, Japan was paying 100% of their people's work uh, wages if they weren't able to work because they had to shut down. That's what the fuck was going on. So they didn't give you none of that. So they're transferring these big, so what happens? People, and that you still had to pay your, you're still re responsible for your, uh, for your, for your mortgage, for your car bills, for all this stuff. They gave you one $1,200 check and didn't give you nothing else for over 12 months. And then they came back with a $600 check. That's $100 a month they gave you. 
to pay for all your needs. They left people to fucking rot. And now they're losing their houses because they couldn't pay. These fucking mortgage companies came in. And instead of uh, deferring your payments and, and putting these missed payments on the back of the loan and just making the, the, the loan, you know, another year longer, you know, instead of 30 years, it's 31 years or something like that, and just picking up your payments once you get your, back on your feet, they defer them for like three months and then you have to pay the whole thing at once. What sense does that make? If I couldn't pay my $2,000 mortgage the last four months... Now in the fourth month, you're making all four of them due at the same time, so now I owe you $8,000? If I couldn't afford $2,000, what makes you think I'm going to be able to afford $8,000 this month? So these people are foreclosing on their homes like you saw in 2008, and companies like BlackRock and all these other companies are literally coming in and buying whole neighborhoods, multiple houses in neighborhoods, outbidding regular blue-collar people by 20 to 50%. You can't compete with that if you're a regular person. They're outbidding these people to buy these houses from them so they can rent them out or sell them for even more later on. And that's what they're doing. What's, what's really the only way that blue-collar people can get any kind of wealth in this world? Through buying a home. That's the only thing that they can put actual equity in. And they're taking that away from you. You're losing your homes. You're losing your ability to own a home. You're losing your jobs. And it's all going to the wealthy. You think they want that to fucking end? You only live once, homies. You might as well live the most, your best life ever, right? You got to remember, these are just people. Sociopaths, psychopaths that are running this shit. And they're fucking us over at every fucking corner. Every possible turn they can make. It sounds evil because it is. And the difference is, is it wouldn't made a, didn't make a difference when Donald Trump was in there, and it's not making a difference when this motherfucker, Sleepy Joe, weekend at Biden's dusty ass, buffering ass motherfuckers in 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 fucking uh, in the presidency either. They didn't want the pandemic to come to an end, and they didn't want Donald Trump to get credit for ending it. Just like they didn't give us any two thousand dollar checks or a UBI because Nancy Pelosi didn't want Donald Trump to get credit for anything before the election. So she put an end to everything after that initial $1,200 check last May or whenever it came out. So this ivermectin was their worst nightmare. So what do they do? They go to the, to the, to the social media who they're bought and paid for, uh, paid by. They're all in one big club. Powering off. Uh, they're all in one big club. You know, the, the donors are the, are the social media and, the, you know, the social media, they pass the laws for social media and for the corporation. The corporations are funding the media and the corporations are funding the politicians. They're all in bed together. So what do they do? They start censoring. It starts with the president. Once you let them, you dummies, all you motherfuckers that were cheering, standing up, giving standing O's because you're, uh, uh, the mean tweets that were being sent out, Donald Trump started an insurrection, they were forming a coup. You dumb fucks don't even know what a goddamn coup is. Coups are what the United States of America does all over the fucking world since, since the fucking start of goddamn time. Name a place. Korea. Name a place. Venezuela. Name a place. The Ukraine. Name a place. Iran. We've performed coups all over the fucking world. Actual coups. Overthrowing of a, of a government. Democratically elected leaders overthrown like in Iran, like in Venezuela, like in Ukraine. 
to put in our own dictators that are going to give us access to their resources and cut deals with us. Oil deals. Resource deals. That's what we fucking do. We perform coups all over the world. Being led into a fucking building, once in said building, taking pictures, putting your feet up on the fucking desk, tweeting, Instagramming, and then walking out hand in hand with the fucking cops is not a fucking coup, you shithead motherfuckers. And when you go off saying it's a goddamn coup, they get billions of dollars of more funding in Washington, D.C. that they're spending now on, on fucking security, on police, and, and goddamn, I'm not a defund the police person, but you don't need, these dumb fucks in, in, in the Capitol building don't need $2 billion more of fucking, uh, 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 of, of posturing, of looking, look how scared we are from the insurrection. They didn't give a fuck about no insurrection. They went right back a couple hours later and started, and started up again with, uh, with the house in progress. The person, the cop that they said died from getting hit in the head with the fucking uh, uh, the fire extinguisher, that was a blatant lie. That just came out a couple months ago that that was a lie from the media. They had to take it back. He died days later from a heart attack unrelated. He was tweeting from his bed saying that that shit didn't even happen to him. They fucking lie. They lied you into the Vietnam. They lied you into the Iraq war, Afghanistan, lied about weapons of mass destruction, lied to you about Syrian gas attacks to bomb Syria. They lie to you every fucking chance they get. Why wouldn't they now? So you let them fucking, you let them take the freedom of speech. You don't believe in the freedom of speech. You don't believe in the United States. That's what it's fucking, it, it, that's what it is. The Constitution, the, direct, uh, the, uh, the, in, the Declaration of Independence, these are the most basic things that America is built on. If you don't believe in freedom of speech, you don't believe in America and you're the fucking traitor. You're the one spitting some treason. What happens when you take Donald Trump off and you censor his ass instead of just defeating him with better speech? You don't agree with him. Put your own fucking videos out. You lazy motherfuckers. You guys are like, like fat people getting uh, lap band surgery. It doesn't matter if you get lap band surgery, if you don't change the way you eat, if you don't change how much you eat, if you don't change your habits. You're just going to eat right through that fucking lap band. You ain't healthy. You're lazy. You're looking for the quick fix like these vaccines. You don't want to have to argue with somebody. You don't have to want you don't want to debate. You don't want to have to form an actual opinion based on fact. You don't want to have to go research. You don't want to do none of that. You just want to pretend that that other point of view that you're afraid of doesn't fucking exist. You sissy motherfuckers you. So now you go and, and, and cut you start you open the fucking floodgates. If you if you censor the fucking president, who can't you censor? So what does that lead to? The censorship of fucking information, of medical information that could have saved this whole fucking world. You got Twitter, you got Facebook taking down posts of ivermectin, posts of the lab leak theories for over a year, how this got started. You motherfuckers running around, oh, it's a natural thing, bro. No, the fuck it's not. Shut the fuck up. And when you say that shit, what happens? Now they're going to give billions of more dollars to this Fauci NIH motherfuckers. They're already trying to get more funding now because it didn't come from their lab. So it's safe for them to dig up 500 more viruses and try to figure them out so in the future we can have a vaccine for it. They're creating more of these. 
so that they can get ahead and have vaccines ready or can come up with them quickly in case they come out in the future. In case. There's a bigger chance that we never see these fucking things in the first place. Like, there's a good chance you don't even get COVID in the first place or you get it and just get rid of it right away. You don't need a fucking vaccine. So now these motherfuckers are going to get more funding to do six times more research, more funding for research of the shit that led to the fucking pandemic in the first place. And when they shut that speech down for the last year, that's what you run into. That's the danger you run into when you don't when you don't let that come out. They lied about that. Fauci lied about that. You're seeing it with his fucking emails. He lied about everything. You're seeing everything that people were called cranks for. They were called conspiracy theorists for. They're right. They're all be called being being called right now. They're all right now. It's the people that are calling the other shit conspiracies that are that are p- pitching the conspiracy th- conspiracy theories. The ones that are pointing the fingers are the ones doing this shit. It's called projection. And so now you shut down fucking freedom of speech from the president. It leads to the freedom, uh, the suppression of information. It leads to the censorship of anything that could lead, anything that would point away from having to use a fucking worldwide vaccine. If they really fucking, if it was really about your health, why are they telling every single person in the world to get it? Even if you already had COVID. What's the point of it? To build antibodies. If you already got COVID, you already have antibodies. What do you need a vaccine for? Two-thirds of the people who have already confirmed had cases of COVID that get the fucking vaccine have severe, severe symptoms afterwards. Side effects. Severe reactions to them. Two-thirds. They're not telling you that. They're still telling you to go get the fucking vaccine no matter what. They're having fucking lotteries to get the fucking vaccine. What the fuck is that? Meanwhile, there's people winning a million dollars to put some shit in their fucking veins. Meanwhile, ivermectin, they're, 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 they're censoring it. They've been censoring it. And now the rest of the world, since these greedy motherfuckers wouldn't give them the vaccine in the first place, they had to go. Admit it was a blessing in disguise because they had to go and use and rely on ivermectin. And now they're finding that it's ending the fucking pandemic, which means the whole fucking thing. If ivermectin turns out and we on the right side of history over here on the Whiskey Sick Podcast. If it turns out the ivermectin is everything that they're saying it is, which it's turning out to be, which the data it, that is piling up is telling us that it is, that means that this shit was all a fucking fraud from the goddamn beginning. How could it not be? Because they know it could have ended. You know what their excuse was? There's no long-term studies that I, using ivermectin is, uh, is an effective way to treat COVID. Well, you know what? There's no long. Well, you know what else? There's no long-term study for those motherfucking vaccines. You know what? You know what's not FDA approved? Those fucking vaccines. You know it is FDA approved. Ivermectin. Maybe not for COVID use, but it is for everything else. Think about this. There's literally virtually no side effects to taking it. The worst thing that could happen if you had COVID and tried to take and, and took ivermectin to treat it is nothing. They had. No, it's not like they were. Uh, people were pushing a, a, an experimental drug like their experimental vaccines that had never been tested or that were already having uh, uh, nefarious results. 
like the vaccines, over 4,100 dead by fucking uh, uh, last on uh, May 21st, over 41 people had died since the rollout at late January, early February. 4,100. There was 4,000 total deaths between all the vaccines. Over the last 20 years total, there was 4,000 deaths. Total for 20 years with all the vaccines combined. They shut down SCAR, uh, SCAR, SARS, the, uh, SCAR, uh, the SARS, I'm talking crazy, the SARS vaccine after 15 people died back in like 2005. Said it was too risky. You're in the thousands now. They're finding out that young teenagers are having heart inflammation problems from this and dying. There's 15, 16, 17-year-old kids dying from this shit. People are dying too. Older people are dying within two to three days of this shit. You don't know about any of this. They won't let you know this. Oh, but it's one in a million people. You want to be that one in a million? And they're suppressing this shit like they did deaths, COVID deaths at the beginning of this shit. You know they are. The people that are putting out these stats are out here saying these are just reported stat. These are just reported people who have reported these things to us, which is probably only one fucking percent of the total of all these fucking uh, people that are having adverse effects to these vaccines. Jimmy Dore, the guy I mentioned earlier, he talks about how his doctor, he's saying. All day, every day, people, he's treating people with adverse reactions to these fucking vaccines. The nurses were telling him they didn't feel comfortable. They didn't feel like they were allowed to talk about their own symptoms that they were having. They felt like they're supposed to be suppressed. They're not supposed to talk about it. There's people, doctors, hospitals that have been giving the order from the higher ups to not prescribe ivermectin for COVID. Not because they're trying to save your life, because there's no side effect. What can they justify it? Oh, it's dangerous? It's not dangerous. It's been around for 50 years. It's literally the safest drug, drug ever. So why aren't they giving it to you? Even as just a precaution. Why aren't they at least doing their own tests? They refuse to even do their own research on it. But there's huge coalitions. FLCCC. Check it out. There's a COVID coalition of, of international doctors. They're, gonna start, they're, 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 they're talking about doing the Nuremberg Trials 2.0. They're trying currently right now to bring NIH uh, leaders, Fauci, and all these other motherfuckers to, to trials like the Nuremberg trials back in the day with the Germans and, and, the, and the fucking crimes against humanity and shit like that. If this ivermectin shit, you, you remember where you heard it first, homies. I think I talked about this months ago on here. I think I briefly mentioned it months ago on here. I've been talking about it forever. My old lady is finally starting to listen to me because she's realizing that everything I've been saying for the last year is starting to come true. And I've been telling her about this ivermectin shit. And it's starting to pick up a fucking uh, crazy momentum. Mexico's putting, just put out some shit. Google it, homies. They had amazing results with this shit. And they're not keeping it quiet. Nobody else is keeping it quiet because the U.S. said, fuck you guys. Now they're saying, no, fuck you. Here's the truth on ivermectin. Remember where you heard it first. Let me play this shit and then I'll get the fuck out of here. I just want you guys to hear, like, the first three minutes of this dude Aaron, talk in front of uh, in front of the Senate. This is the FLCCC. It's the Frontline COVID Critical Care Alliance. Dr. Pierre Corey. Look this guy up. Go on YouTube. You might take some searching. He's with uh, Brett Weinstein. He does a lot of podcasts with Brett Weinstein. You could look this up. This is a coronavirus silver bullet. That's what the name of this is. Corona, uh, COVID coronavirus silver bullet. FLCCC Alliance testifies to Senate committee. This came out. This was this this Senate hearing was held in uh, December. Listen to this here. 
And remember, they were trying to get him out of here before he even talked. I just want to start out. I didn't think I'd have to say this, but I want to register my offense at the ranking member's opening statement. I was discredited as a politician. I am a physician and a man of science. I have done nothing. Nothing. Right off the bat, he tells you he was credited before he even started talking. He was, he, they, they were discrediting him, trying to say that this is just a political maneuver. Not trying to save somebody's fucking lives. They're trying to make it into something political. Because they don't want this information getting out. There goes their gravy trains. There goes Trump back in office. All of that, homies. Thing, but commit myself to scientific truth and the care of patients. And, and to hear that I'm here because of a political angle. I am not a politician. I'm a physician. I want to start out by saying that I'm not speaking as an individual. I'm speaking on behalf of the organization that I'm a part of. We are a group of some of the most highly published physicians in the world. We have near 2,000 peer-reviewed publications among us, led by Dr. Profe uh, Professor Paul Marek, who is our intellectual leader. We came together early on in the pandemic, and all we have sought is to review the world's literature on every facet of this disease, trying to develop effective protocols. You just mentioned that I was here in May, and I touted, I wouldn't say touted, I recommended that it was critical that we use corticosteroids in this disease when all of the national and international healthcare organizations said we cannot use those. That turned out to be a life-saving recommendation. I am here again today with a new recommendation. In the last nine months, in our review of all of the literature as a group, <clears throat> again, we are some of the most highly published physicians in our specialty and the world. We have done nothing but try to figure out how to identify a repurposed and available drug to treat this illness. We have now come to the conclusion after nine months, and I, I have to point out, I am severely troubled by the fact that the NIH, the FDA, and the CDC, I do not know of any task force that was assigned or compiled to review repurposed drugs in an attempt to treat this disease. Everything has been about novel and or expensive pharmaceutically engineered drugs, things like tocilizumab and rendesivir and monoclonal antibodies and vaccines. We have 100 years of medicine development. We know we are expert in all the medicines we use, and I do not know of a task force that has been focused on repurposed drugs. I will tell you that my group and our organization, I will say that we have filled that void. We, that is all we have done is focus on the things we know and things we do. And I'm here to tell you, Dr. Ryder, he just presented. It was one, he has one study of the many that I want to talk about. And I want to talk about that we have a solution to this crisis. There is a drug that is proving to be of miraculous impact. And when I say miracle, I do not use that term lightly. And I don't want to be sensationalized when I say that. That is a scientific recommendation based on mountains of data that has emerged in the last three months. When I am told, and I just had to hear this in the opening sentence, that we are touting things that are not FDA or NIH recommended, let me be clear. The NIH, their recommendation on Evermectin, which is to not use it outside of controlled trials, is from August 27th. We are now in December. This is three to four months later. Mountains of data have emerged from, all, from many centers and countries around the world showing the miraculous effectiveness of ivermectin. 
it basically obliterates transmission of this virus. If you take it, you will not get sick. I want to briefly suck. Whoa. <laughs> what does that sound? That sounds like a fucking vaccine. If you take it, you won't get the fucking disease. And if you get it and you take it, it'll cure you. It obliterates it. It's a miracle. You hearing this shit? This isn't just him. Outside of that little Fauci circle, there's thousands of actual scientists that are coming together, actual scientists, real doctors, uh, uh, biological engineers, uh, 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 all sorts of motherfuckers, uh, evolutionary, you know, biologists, all sorts of shit. They're all together. They're all saying the same thing. Listen to what this guy's saying. This is this was in December, but he's been saying this since last year. In the early parts, summarize the data. My manuscript, again published by some of the, 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 the most, con we have contributed more to the medical knowledge of our specialty in our careers than, than anyone else can claim as a group. Fuck and our Fauci, that's what that means. posted on Medicine Preprint Server details all of this evidence. I want to briefly summarize it. Number one, we have evidence that ivermectin is effective not only in prophylaxis, in the prevention. If you take it, you will not get sick. We just came across a trial last night from Argentina by the lead investigator of ivermectin in Argentina, Dr. Hector Carvalho. They prophylaxed 800 healthcare workers. Not one got sick. In the 400... Not one got sick. Are you listening to this shit? Why wouldn't you, if you wanted to save people from a fucking pandemic and you wanted to get out of this pandemic as quickly as possible, get back to business as normal, keep your economy the way it was, why wouldn't you listen to this shit? He's citing sources from all over the world and they just play it off because there's no long-term data. There's no long-term data on the vaccines you're pushing either, dumb fucks. Listen to what crazy shit he's saying. This is real. I'm going to leave this video. I'm going to play some more of this because this video could get erased at any at any moment. So I'll, I'll leave it on here that, you know, we'll at least have this, you know, I'll play a few more minutes and I'll at least have this recorded on the Whiskey Sick Podcast. I'm going to leave, uh, I'll leave the link to this video and another one that Dr. This dude's name is Dr. Pierre Corey. Uh, I'll leave him and Brett Weinstein. It's like a 50-minute video. Watch this shit. Homies, I believe in this shit so much. I've been uh, looking into this. I would tell you that if you came down with it, if one of your loved ones came down with this shit, I would tell you with 100% confidence, take ivermectin. You'll be fine. Holler at him, Dr. Corey. ...that they didn't prophylax with ivermectin, 58% got sick. 237 of those 400 got sick. Woo! If you take it, you will not get sick. It you has not immense and potent antiviral activity. We know that from the first study in Monash, it has made the bench to the bedside. Prophylaxis, we now have four large randomized controlled trials totaling... This does, I'm sorry, I keep stopping it. This does what they, they want, the what they say the vaccine does. You don't create vaccines for stuff there's a treatment for. They created this knowing they didn't need to. They knew about this shit. They knew about ivermectin. They've been telling them about ivermectin. They knew damn well about ivermectin. They just wanted to keep that shit quiet. So they could create their vaccines. After the initial doses go out, there's a famous video of the of the big uh, pharma people, uh, people, CEOs talking about the the crazy uh, profits that they're they're planning to make off of. They were talking two to three booster shots a year. You imagine what that comes out to? 
these are booster shots for every year for the rest of people's lives that they're playing that they're calculating on making money off of. That's what this all comes down to. And getting Trump out of office. You may hate fucking Trump. Fine. You're going to let them fucking take everybody's livelihoods away, ruin their businesses, ruin their lives, let people fucking die because you hate Trump that much? Really? You're a fuckboy if that's a yes. Over 1,500 patients each trial showing that as a prophylaxis agent, it is immensely effective. You will not get sick. You will be protected from getting ill if you take it. In early outpatient treatment, we have three randomized control trials and multiple observation as well as case series showing that if you take ivermectin, the need for hospitalization and death will decrease. The most profound evidence we have is in the hospitalized patients. We have four randomized control trials there, multiple observation trials, all showing the same thing. You will not die, or you will die at much, much, much lower rates. Statistically significant, large magnitude results if you take ivermectin. It is proving to be a wonder drug. It has already won the Nobel Prize in Medicine in 2015 for its impacts on global health in the eradication of parasitic diseases. This shit won a Nobel Prize, homies. (laughs) Say that about your vaccines that's killing thousands of people. It is proving to be an immensely powerful antiviral and anti-inflammatory agent. It is critical for its use in this disease. We, again, stand by our manuscript. It is a scientific manuscript. It's been submitted for peer review. But please recognize, peer review takes time. It takes months. We do not have months. We have 100,000 patients in the hospital right now dying. I'm a lung specialist. I'm an ICU specialist. I've cared for more dying COVID patients than anyone can imagine. They're dying because they can't breathe. They can't breathe. They're on high flow oxygen delivery devices. They're on non-invasive ventilators and or they're sedated and paralyzed and attached to mechanical ventilators that breathe for them. And I watch them every day. They die. By the time they get me in the ICU, they're already dying. They're almost impossible to recover. Listen to this guy talk, man. Does this sound like a guy who's here trying to do some political bullshit, political maneuvering? Does, does, does his voice, does he, if, go watch the video. Does this passion that this dude's talking with, does that tell you that he's some kind of political fucking hack? What, what does he have to gain off of a fucking medication that is out of patent, that is dirt fucking cheap and readily available? They use it for, veterinarians use this also. This is a big drug for veterinarians and treating parasites and animals. You can literally get this anywhere. There's people that were getting it from uh, veterinarians. There's people going to Mexico to buy this. People are saving themselves that are, that are, are getting on the ivermectin. Does this sound like a guy who's just here because he, he wants Donald Trump to get elected president or whatever the fucking Democrats are trying to say to discredit him? They're not discrediting his facts. They're not discrediting anything. They're just saying, oh, you're just here for political reasons, so we don't want to hear you. No, we don't care that you're saying that you could literally end the pandemic. Oh, we're literally saying that you could, we could get back to, to normal tomorrow. It's fucking crazy, guys. Early treatment is key. We need to offload the hospitals. We are tired. I can't keep doing this. If you look at my manuscript, and if I have to go back to work next week, any further deaths are going to be needless deaths, and I cannot be traumatized by that. I cannot keep caring for patients when I know that they could have been saved with earlier treatment and that drug that will treat them and prevent the hospitalization is ivermectin. This is, I am here today, I'm calling to action. The NIH, their last recommendation was August 27th. August 27th. I want to be clear. 
I am not here as a politician or a dramatist or, or sensationalizing what I'm recommending. I'm going to be very clear and very simple. All I ask is for the NIH to review our data that we've compiled of all of the emerging data. We have almost 30 studies. Everyone is reliably and reproducibly positive, showing the dramatic impacts of ivermectin. Please, I'm just asking that they review our manuscript. It is a serious manuscript by serious, highly experienced physicians and researchers. We, we have... I'll leave it off right there, man. You listen to him, man. Listen to this shit. He's just asking him to look at our data. Tell us that we're fucking wrong. You don't have data. You don't have that for your fucking vaccines. As soon as somebody tells you to get a vaccine, say, well, show me the long-term research. Show me the long-term effects. They can't do that. Why? There aren't any. Why? Because it came out four or five months ago. These guys have been compiling data for a while now, even as it goes with COVID. They've been studying it with COVID longer than the fucking vaccines. That's crazy, man. And he's telling you, just look at our fucking data, and they, don't, they won't even do that. So people died, and continue to die, and they continue to profit. Homies, I'm telling you, ivermectin, if you can get your hands on it, get it now. You can use it as preventative. First signs of it, there's people. Go on these YouTube videos that I'm telling you about. I'm going to leave them in the description on the, on, the, on the podcast. Read these comments. Read the comments, man. This isn't like, you know, trolling comments and shit. Like, there's people talking about using it in actual real life things that have happened to them and the experiences that they've had and how, how it saved their lives or the lives of someone else. Ivermectin, homies. Um, listen, I'm going to get the fuck up out of here. Uh, this this has been a this is a fire ass podcast, homies. This this is gonna go down in it, it, the Hall of Fame. This is a Hall of Fame podcast right here. This will be have its own bust in the podcast Hall of Fame someday. I'm telling you that right now. You'll remember this one forever. The world will remember this one forever. Whiskey Sick Podcast episode number 135, the Hall of Fame podcast. Seth Gecko, a.k.a. Moody motherfucking Hank. And I'm out, motherfucker. I go hard, 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 cause you can't fuck with me today. I said, nah, 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 bitch, I got time for you today. I didn't then, but I do now. Got time for you like the moon's round. Got the time, like I'm running out of time. I can run it back, shine, I got none of that. Go, go, grind, no, it never stopped. It's fine that I never popped Cook rhymes, let the needle drop Two lines, you don't need a lot I did it for the love and never got back Until push came to shove and I fought back Got no help from above, never bought that And no luck, giving up, never thought that I keep it GG, real bitch, I don't fuck with you, no way I listen to my heart, big and Andre Three down in the crowd like the song say Got my hands in the air, been a long day I'm too dope in the caddy of LeBron Bade Sitting shoddy, but you got me on the wrong day That was then, this now came a long way I said, nah, 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 bitch, I got time for you today Today I got time Today I got time I remember when I didn't have a minute in the bank Now I'm sitting on some digits like no limit by the tank Cause today I got time They said I got time Drip, I don't gotta drop What if shit got locked Felt sick, started getting hot They quit, never got a shot Said I never had a chance, I was too ill, too real Better take it back to the too real True skills, never gonna last for the two pills Truth kills, now they living lies, got a few mil Got time, like I'm undercover time Like I'm father rubber shine, never don the color Ride like I never fly 
Might die for a bit live. Unsigned, barely getting by. Nine lives, better getting high. And pulling baddies in the Chevy, going heavy in the paint. Dame ready, left and steady, Missy Ellie in the rain. She got semi insane, just like Kennedy got brained in a drop top. Two shots, crop top, click, clap, pop, pop. Who's there? Knock, knock, you get got, got. Deuce crib, hop, hop. I got time, like I'm Kobe with the last shot. Number eight lane, sideways in a match clock. Drive the lane like a highway, get the ass rocked. Then I banged, usher my way the last stop. I said, nah, 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 bitch, I got time for you today. Moody, today I got time. Today I got time. I remember when I didn't have a minute in the bank Now I'm sitting on some digits like no limit by the tank Cause today I got time Time. I got time like a coma, I mean comma like I'm promising a manana Like they hate it once upon a time Looking for the drama, all the smoke and marijuana Hold it, ghost it like it's not a windows open the Apollo Every minute had a dollar, I be dripping like a sauna Like I spent a whole Samana across the border, Tijuana I don't know, I swear your honor, I'm aware this, I'm a mama Rather stop than have to swallow, I'm so proud to get a follow Time been ahead of mine Like a continental flight, reaching monumental heights Fuck songs, writing wrongs, I got the metal right Upon the Honda rental, down thoughts of Palma Central Cause I got time To walk, walk, walk it out I take the long way home, it's a long way home, I got all day long Today I got time Today I got time I remember when I didn't have a minute in the bank Now I'm sitting on some digits like no limit by the tank Cause today I got time I wish you had more time More time, more time